Welcome to the Business of Discovery, a clinical research podcast from the NIHR Clinical Research Network. My name is Alan Gaw, and it's a pleasure to have you with us. I'm joined today by Emma Cave. Professor Cave is Professor of Healthcare Law, Director of Research and Chair of the Research Committee in the Durham Law School. She publishes widely in the field of medical law and teaches law and medicine and torts. She also sits on the editorial boards of the Journal of Medical Law and Ethics and the International Journal of Mental Health and Capacity Law. Professor Cave's principal areas of research include compulsion, capacity and consent, and she has published recently on public health, NHS redress and medical research. Professor Cave, thank you very much for speaking with us today. You're very welcome. Now, Clinical trials involving the study of investigational medicinal products, or for shorthand drugs in humans, are highly regulated. In the UK, as across Europe, much of this regulation derives from the EU Clinical Trials Directive. And anyone working on on a so-called CTIMP in the UK should be aware of their responsibilities under the Medicines for Human Use Clinical Trials Regulation. And that especially highlights the need to adhere to the principles and conditions of good clinical practice, or GCP. But of course, things rarely stand still, and the EU Clinical Trials Directive is currently being overhauled and replaced by a regulation. So Professor Cave, may I begin by asking you about that? First of all, could you perhaps explain to our listeners the difference between a directive and a regulation, and why the EU is making this change now? Certainly. So there are three types of EU law. There are decisions that affect one particular issue or one particular country. There are directives and there are regulations. Directives apply in all member states, but they need to be transposed into national law through legislation by a particular deadline. And that gives each country a certain amount of interpretive flexibility. Regulations, on the other hand, are directly enforceable, so there's much less flexibility in their interpretation and therefore a lot more consistency in how they're applied. So the EU Clinical Trials Directive 2001 was designed, first of all, to facilitate an internal market in medicinal products within the EU, but also to ensure that there were appropriate and consistent safeguards for trial subjects. So, for example, there were rules about ethics committee review and informed consent. Each member state had to enact legislation to enforce it. And in the UK, as you've rightly said, this was achieved through the Medicines for Human Use Clinical Trials regulations in 2004. But the Clinical Trials Directive has proved to be problematic for a number of reasons. The UK and the member states differed in their interpretation of some of the key requirements. And this led to a lot of bureaucracy and to inconsistency. Now, the result of this was it made Europe and and Britain less attractive as a place to conduct global clinical trials. For example, between 2007 and 2011, EU clinical trials applications fell by about 25%. And this was particularly problematic in the UK, which was perceived as gold-plating some of the requirements of requiring more than the clinical trials directive actually required. So the EU has recognised this problem and it's addressed these issues through a new EU clinical trials regulation. And when that comes into force, it will repeal the 2001 directive and it will apply directly in all EU member states. In other words, those member states won't actually have to enact the legislation uh, in order for it to apply. 
Now this regulation involves some major changes. It's designed to streamline the process for authorising clinical trials right across Europe. It's designed to improve consistency and enhance transparency. And it's also designed to enhance efficiency, so there are much tighter deadlines. The system is supposed to be much more proportionate, so there will be, instead of a one-size-fits-all approach as we had in the Clinical Trials Directive, special rules and regulations in relation to low-risk trials or trials where consent is very difficult to obtain. At the heart of the new regime, there's going to be a new clinical trials portal for electronic submission and assessment, and also a new database where all the information is stored. The database will enhance information sharing and enhance transparency, and it's hoped that this is going to reduce duplication, it's going to be a much more efficient system. This portal and database are being set up by the European Medicines Agency, which is currently based in London, but is soon to move due to Brexit. So the picture you're painting very much of this EU regulation for clinical trials seem, would seem quite attractive. It's going to streamline things, make things much more even across Europe. Where are we in the process at the moment? Okay, yeah, so the, the new clinical trials regulation was formally adopted by the Council of Europe in 2014. So that means that the wording has been agreed. But there's still a lot left to do in setting up the infrastructure. So the regulation won't actually be implemented until the portal and the database are fully functional. The EU published a timetable on that in 2015. It said that implementation would take place by October 2018. But this unfortunately has slipped. So there have been some technical delays around the portal and the database. And that now means that implementation won't take place until sometime in 2019. We don't know when in 2019. So all, all else being equal, the, the new regulation would mean some, uh, some new challenges, but also new opportunities for Europe, uh, British researchers. But of course, that's a little hypothetical because everything else isn't equal and you've already alluded to Brexit and the UK's decision in 2016 to leave the European Union and the triggering of Article 50 to kickstart the process in 2017 means that we're now in an area of considerable uncertainty. Is there anything we know or can be sure about in the months or years ahead? Okay, well that's right. Brexit is going to mean considerable change in the regulation of clinical trials um, and there's a lot of uncertainty about the future. One of the issues relates to timing. So Brexit is likely to take place by 29th of March 2019. It could be earlier, but that seems unlikely. And it might even be delayed beyond that, but if that were to be the case, all the member states would have to agree. Now initially there was a lot of uncertainty about the status of EU laws after Brexit. But the government has announced that there will be a great repeal bill, which is now called the EU Withdrawal Bill, um, which would capture EU laws, including regulations, and put them onto the UK statute books. Now, as I've said, this, the clinical trials regulation was timetabled to come into force in 2018. So that would have meant that it would be captured, in all likelihood, by the EU withdrawal bill. But that now seems less likely. The European Medicines Agency said in June that implementation has been delayed, that it's now going to take place sometime in 2019. So that leaves two possibilities. If the regulation comes into force early in 2019, so before March, when Brexit is likely, 
well then it might be captured by the EU withdrawal bill. But if the regulation comes into force after Brexit day, then it won't be caught by the bill and it won't be transferred into UK law on Brexit day. So if that happens, we'd be stuck with the clinical trials directive, the problematic directive, which is caught or would be caught by the EU withdrawal bill. And if that were the case, then we'd need legislation if the UK wanted to align its laws with the new clinical trials regulation. So that's one issue, the timing issue. Another issue is the Brexit model that we end up with. That too is uncertain at present. The softer the Brexit model we end up with, the easier it will be to align with the clinical trials regulation and then to avail ourselves of the centralised procedures. Now, a very crucial issue here is marketing authorisation because clinical trials need to generate the robust data that then feeds into an application for marketing authorisation. Authorisation can be country specific and in our country we have the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency that can provide authorisations for products that are licensed in the UK. But there's also a centralised system for marketing authorisation. The European Medicines Agency can grant European-wide authorisation. So if we stay in the EEA, we might be able to maintain access to the European Medicines Agency and so to this centralised system. But if we end up with a harder Brexit, and, and, that, and that seems increasingly likely, then we're likely to end up with a decentralised procedure for marketing authorisations. And if so, then it's highly likely that attempts will be made to try to secure some sort of mutual recognition so that products from the UK companies can be marketed across Europe. Now the Secretary of State for Health has said that he doesn't think we're going to remain within the EMA but wants to work closely with it. So the two crucial questions that we're facing at the moment really are about the timing and um, also the, the model, the Brexit model uh, which is implemented. And only time will, will tell us what those are going to be. Indeed. Yeah. And, and I realise that my last question can really be nothing more than speculation on your part, but what do you think will happen to the regulation of CTIMPs as we, as we go forward? You're quite right, this really is speculation. Some people have argued that Brexit is a fantastic opportunity to throw off the shackles of EU regulation, to free up clinical trials from bureaucracy. My view, though, um, is really that this is unrealistic, that, that it would also be very problematic. And I take that view for three principal reasons. First of all, if we want to market our products in the EU or Japan or the USA, then as a minimum, the clinical trials regulation requires that we comply with principles of good clinical practice. So GCP sets out standards of ethics and science, ensures that research is safe and robust. So our freedom is, is certainly limited by that. Secondly, although it would be possible to create a new bespoke system, this would be extremely time-consuming, very difficult thing to do at a time of very limited legislative capacity. So that's the second reason why I think alignment is, is much more likely. But the third reason is that, in my view, um, the clinical trials regulation achieves a good balance between patient safety and the goal of facilitating good research. Britain took a lead role in overhauling the Clinical Trials Directive and there's been a largely positive reception of the regulation from industry. So in my view, I, I think that the emphasis will be on aligning our systems, 
aligning the EU system and the, the UK system to ensure that we can market medicines across the EU. And there are some serious regulatory challenges ahead. And I think that those challenges are exacerbated, they're made more difficult by the increasing likelihood that the clinical trials regulation might not be caught in the EU withdrawal bill. Now, even if it were to be caught within that bill, transition wouldn't be seamless. We'll need legislation to deal with the gaps that are created by us not being part of the EU, such as, as I've already mentioned, the, the new relationship with the EMA. But if it isn't caught by the EU withdrawal bill, then much more extensive legislation will be needed, both to repeal the UK regulations that enforce the old Clinical Trials Directive 2001, but also to forge some sort of new aligned system. And as I've mentioned, clinical trials is one of many, many issues uh, that Parliament is going to need to deal with uh, during and post-Brexit. So there is a real capacity issue here. And of course, you might argue that it's an issue that the Parliament is going to have to deal with. It's probably fairly low down in their agenda, given the, some of the other major things that are going to have to be put in place. Well, there have been, there have been a number of comments from the government to say that actually the life sciences are very high up the agenda, and that, that this would be one issue that is a negotiating priority. So there is some hope, I think, there uh, that this will be high on their agenda. But at the other time, at the, uh, sorry, at the, uh, on the other hand, so many issues are high up that agenda. Uh, there is an awful lot of competition. Well, certainly a great deal of uncertainty ahead, I think, for us in, in UK research. Um, um, clearly, there has been much criticism of the EU Clinical Trials Directive. Um, but as you point out, I think the regulation, as we've seen it at the moment, seems to be a significant improvement on that. Yes. And it would clearly be a much simpler situation if we were to simply adopt that, but of course we don't get to decide that. Indeed. Professor Cave, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much, it's been a pleasure.